0: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of A Viking Story. Today we're going to look at the second episode in my Mysteries series, and today we're going to look at the mystery of Sutsetla. So, Sutsetla is a lava tube, and in Iceland, these are formed when hot molten lava flows through a previously cooled lava area, and sometimes this creates a tube, and sometimes the tube actually partially collapses in on itself to form caves. And you see this a lot in Iceland, actually. So settler is rather large, uh, it's 40 feet in diameter, and when you start walking into it, after about 100 yards, you reach a man-made wall that stretches from one side to the other, so it's about 40 feet wide, and it's about 15 feet tall, so it's no small task to get through this, and there's no easy... Passageway through the wall, there's no door, uh, nothing like that. The only way to get beyond this wall is to literally scale the wall and climb over it. So, yeah, it's it's very difficult to to get beyond this, but once you do, there are two caves afterwards, one to the left, one to the right, and these are products of a previous lava tube that was bisected by Sutzhitler. So, in the one cave to the left, there's a man made pile of stones laid out in the shape of an oval, and some archaeologists have said that this uh, represents a Viking hall. When I first saw pictures of it and images, I immediately thought it looked like uh, like a Viking ship. And I've actually seen things like this in Iceland before. It was quite common during the Viking Age. If you were a, a, a high-ranking you know, chieftain or a king or a queen or ruler of some sort, you may be actually buried in a Viking ship. And uh, the Vikings believed... Very much, uh, very similar to to like the ancient Egyptians, that uh, things that you possessed in this life could actually be taken with you after you pass into the next. So, Viking ships were a way that that, like I said, kings and queens could take a ship with them to the afterlife. But in Iceland, I've mentioned before about the deforestation, uh, Viking ships. it, It was really not practical to bury someone with a, a complete Viking ship because the, the timber and it was the resources were just too valuable. So it seems like what often happened, at least in Iceland, was that sometimes people would be buried in Viking ship burials. I'm using air quotes. But instead of an actual Viking ship, it would be represented by these stones. So that's just what it looked like to me. But of course, some people say it, it could be representing a, a longhouse as well. Either way, this is a man-made structure that had some sort of intention by the Vikings in this cave next to this stone structure were a number of animal bones that had been hacked into tiny little pieces. And interestingly enough, not burned. There are no signs or indications that any of these animals were cooked in any way, or, or these animals were used for food. Um, so it seems like perhaps there was some sort of ritualistic purpose to this and it's it's, <laughs> it's almost a joke in archaeology sometimes. If if you can't immediately explain something, you just say, well, it's religious, because uh, religious things don't really make sense when you look back on it. Uh, so I can't make sense of this, probably religious, but I'll talk more about this a little bit later. But there are reasons for me to believe that actually these caves and Schutzhändler in general is associated with something to do with religion. Beyond that, uh, archaeologists have found a number of beads uh, in in these caves, especially in in this cave with the the oval ship or the oval hall structure. The beads are interestingly limited in color. They come from quite far afield, which doesn't surprise me that much. I've studied Viking beads, and I know that uh, they were imported to Iceland from as far afield as the Middle East and and, Asia and beyond, so from all over, really. So it doesn't surprise me that there were beads in Sutzetler that were also from farther afield. But what's interesting is that they were limited in color. So there were only really green, blue, and yellow beads. And it's thought perhaps these were part of a larger object at one point. So that's the reason that they were all kind of grouped together and the object was either destroyed or it's been lost to time now somehow. Only the beads have survived. But one interpretation, uh, one archaeological interpretation, is that these... Um, these colors are associated with Frey, and Frey is one of the gods. He's actually the brother of Freya, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about him also coming up, but this is one explanation. Archaeologists have also found a number of jasper fire starters in Sutsetle, and but interestingly enough, they've not found real evidence of fire. So there's no hearth. Uh, as I mentioned, the, the animals weren't cooked, um, so it doesn't seem like there was really any indication that anyone has really inhabited Südzhedler for any length of time. So it seems like uh, there were people visiting it quite often over a number of years, but no one actually living there. So why would you need these striker lights? Well, you would definitely need fire just to be able to see in Südzhedler. It's very dark in this cave, so I believe it's probably the fire starters were used in that regard. There was also a lead cross found and uh in the shape of a a christian cross and one interpretation is that this cross was found with a a few other lead objects that together added up to 26 grams which is um, a a specific weight value from the viking age so it's believed that these were part of um, an assemblage that belonged together for yeah purposes Uh, this would be a weight a measurement used to um, not just buy and sell really but also to settle disputes and, and things like this so it was like a measurement Tool, but another interpretation is that obviously the Christian cross has to do with with Christianity. So this is another religious aspect that I will talk in more detail about a little bit later. Just to give you a little bit more history of Schutzhitler. so we know that this is the name of the of the cave of the lava tube, and we know this from book So book is Translated into English as the Book of Settlements. I've mentioned before that Iceland is probably one of the few places on Earth that has no prehistory. And a part of that reason is because of Lannama book. So as soon as Icelanders started settling Iceland, they started recording um, everything that was going on. So we have a history that goes right to the beginning, to the first settler. And we know that right from the beginning, uh, this Lava tube was called Söthetler. And it's named after Söthetler, and he is a giant who is largely related to Ragnarok. So he actually embodies Ragnarok sometimes as a figure himself. He's so uh, he he's so important to to Ragnarok. So who he who he is, as I mentioned, he's a giant. His name translates into black and uh, the common belief or idea is that he himself was black, almost as if he'd been charred by fire. He carries with him a sword that is on fire. So if any of you have seen Game of Thrones and and you've seen that sword that was on fire, that's very much like Sutter's sword. And he's kind of the harbinger of of Ragnarok in a sense. So when Ragnarok happens, he's the first one that comes out of misspell from the underworld. And he's got his flaming swords and he's he's bringing Ragnarok with him. And this is why he embodies Ragnarok in a lot of instances. The person that he fights against is Frey. So I mentioned the beads that were related to him. He's he's somebody that will go into direct combat with Sütter, and unfortunately he will succumb, but it's thought that these beads, the green, blue, and yellow beads, were meant to either sort of strengthen Frey or to lend support to him to fight against suter. This is one, one interpretation. There are other stories with Sützhetler, so... There are, there are lots of stories of outlaws taking refuge in Schutzhidler. There's a saga, a saga, that tells how Snorri Stuttlitz, who was the highest-ranking chieftain at the time, how his illegitimate son was captured in the year 1236 and taken to Schutzhidler, and he was tortured on top of a, a fortress of some sort and left for dead, uh, although he did survive. Um, so there's sort of this this history to to Schutzhidler that's kind of dark and... We also know that the volcano that created Suttendal erupted roughly at the time when the Vikings first settled Iceland. So, definitely, this wasn't the first volcano to erupt in Europe. It's it's not the the first known volcano. <laughs> um, so, it's possible that some Vikings were aware of volcanoes. But I mean, most famously, perhaps Pompeii, for example. Norway even has some volcanoes, but they're not active. Um, so yeah, it's possible that some Vikings were were aware of volcanoes, but definitely the majority of them, you know, if not all of them, when they settled Iceland, they would never have experienced a volcano erupting firsthand. So just imagine how, how terrifying that would have been actually. Settled in place. Just, I mean, suddenly, So it's no wonder that right from the beginning they named this place Sützhetler and associated it with Sütter and with Ragnarok. In the Middle Ages, the concept of being an atheist just did not exist. So, you know, of course there were people that believed in science, there were scientific breakthroughs that were, were occurring on a regular basis, technology was advancing. So there definitely was, you know, the existence of science and progression in terms of scientific terms, but... Again, I can't emphasize this enough. There might have been people, or there certainly were people that believed in different religions. So you might have a different belief than someone else, but you believed in something. Everyone believed in some religion. So if you saw a volcano erupting, your predominant thought would be that this, this is something to do with the gods if you're a Viking, you're probably associating it with Ragnarok. This is the beginning of the end. And what do you do to stop this? Of course, you don't want it to occur. What can you do to stop it? You can pray. You can uh, make sacrifices in your own home. You can try to be a better person. Maybe the gods are upset. And if you're brave enough, maybe you go to Südzhetler after after it's uh, stopped erupting. And you go to this... ...place where presumably Sútur lives... ...or at least where he's going to come out from... ...when Ragnarok occurs. And if you're brave enough, you go there... ...and you make sacrifices there... ...and maybe you try to strengthen Frey... ...with these beads, with, with some offerings to him. Um, at the very least, you try to maybe appease Sútur as well... ...or get him to hold off a little bit. So this is why... I do believe that in this case, you can associate the cave with religion, religious activity, rituals. We know from the name from the very beginning that this cave, this lava tube system, was associated with and by extension, Ragnarok. It seems you know that rituals were performed there based on those bones that don't have any you know, charred nature to them or any signs, indications of fire or burning. So something was definitely going on there. Some scholars have even looked at the wall, and they've, they've said that maybe this is uh, the fortress that Snorri illegitimate son was tortured on. Other people have looked at it as a defense system for the outlaws who lived there. But I actually think it was probably uh, put up as a barrier to keep Sutra inside. It was probably the last thing that was made to just seal the cave and keep him in there and, or hold off Ragnarok for as long as possible. The offerings inside too, the, the lead cross, yes, could have been a weight, but it could have also been sort of an offering to sort of, yeah, appease, uh, appease Sutta or something, because we know that Iceland converted to Christianity in the year 1000, but there were still lingering elements of the, the paganism that preceded it, and this could have been one of the last things just as Icelanders start turning to Christianity, maybe trying to get, you know, the, the Christian god on their side as well to stop Sutra. but... However you look at it, it's definitely an interesting cave with an interesting history and lots of different interpretation that can be uh, gleaned from it. I think that's where I'm going to leave this episode today. So I want to thank you for listening. As always, if you're a fan, if you're an agent, if you're a publisher, if you just want to get in touch, uh, you can reach me at vikingstoryfaq at outlook.com. Again, that's VikingStoryFAQ. And in the next episode, it's going to be the last episode in my mystery series, but we're going to look at Otzi the Iceman. And this is basically the world's oldest open murder case investigation. So look forward to that. And until then, cue Thor's thunder. <sharp inhale>